you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Around the NFL podcast is a factory of gladness. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler to my left, Greg Rosenthal to my right. What's up, boys? Hey! Very weird. We have Wes back for, for weeks and weeks, and we get back into the Hey Dan rhythm, and then he's out today. He's yanked away. And it leaves, to, you know, Greg and I did not spin off your intro very well at all. He, he has a okay. you know, routine uh, medical checkup, and he's going to be back for the big start of free agency Wednesday, but we got plenty to talk about. That's Told like me he's holding out for more money. He's now angry about his contract again. He's very angry. Always angry about money. But... um. There was a uh, – it's kind of like when you call it a routine checkup. It's one of those tropes of sports reporting. It's like somebody reports, ooh, a minor cleanup surgery yeah, on the ankle. And it's like, oh, you tell me if there's really any such thing as a minor surgery. <laughs> Got you. Is there really a, such a thing as a routine checkup? And that, that's not even really what it is. I just didn't want – we don't want to be broadcasting what he's going in for. We will offer an update if we can if it was a successful – I'm sure we've dug Check in. Up. I'm sure we've dug in much uh, deeper than he would prefer that we do or do not. A successful checkup. That's what we're looking for. All right, here we are. This is it. Today is Monday, March twelfth, two thousand eighteen. It is the opening of the legal tampering period, which means one thing, baby. In about forty-eight hours, it will be a new league year. And what a new league year means, Mark, is. NFL teams, NFL players, open for business. It's free agency week, baby. It is. Although, I mean, if there's ever been a football season, off season that took on a different sort of texture, it's business has been going on nonstop. 
left Friday, met Dan after work, and like everything was fl- news was flying left and right behind the scenes. We, there's never been there's never been a week in NFL history really like last week where before free agency there was that much action. It just hasn't ever happened before. No precedent. And at the center of it all, of course, uh, late last week was Mark Sessler's Cleveland Browns. We're going to get to that because uh, when you last heard from us, the Jarvis Landry trade had just occurred, sending Landry from Miami uh, to Cleveland. But then there were more moves that we're going to break down and just talk about the Browns in general. Uh, and if we have time, we're going to hit, hit a few mailbag questions. There's a new mailbag up over on the end around on NFL.com. Uh, so check that out if you can. Uh, but this is going to be a news heavy show because there's a lot of news. Uh, so you guys want to get to it, please? Why not? Let's do it. Get to I'm, it, Greg. I'm hoping Let's we go. breaking news during the show. Like I got oh, a feeling well. it could happen. You'll find something to uh, to push up to that level. Uh, let's do some news, Lindsay Fulton. Everyone who opposed me, watch your bodies burn. They your body on. is going to burn. Ooh, keep an eye on the Browns. <laughs> They're special. <laughs> Sorry. Go get my lunch. Org. Nick Fortier's soundboard. Uh, we will get to the Browns in a moment, but let's start uh, with. The man who three years ago, when we were doing all these podcasts this time of year, was the big fish. He was the Kirk Cousins uh, of the market. And Dominican Sue, he ended up signing a massive six-year, $114 million deal uh, with the Dolphins. Uh, all that guaranteed money has been paid out. And now Miami's looking to get out. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport reported Monday that the team is likely to release the three-time All-Pro defensive tackle uh, before the new league year begins on Wednesday. Greg, we'll start with you on this one. Um, Not a shocking move. We talked about it last week, how there had been uh, percolating rumors and reports about this, and now it looks like it's going to happen. Sue hits the market at 31 years old, and it's going to be a a big market, right? I think so. We're going to put him, Chris Wesseling and I, at number three on our top 101 free agents, there was no argument about it this time. We both put him in the same in the same exact spot, which is after the two quarterbacks, Breeze and Cousins. And yes, he's 31 years old, and he's not a guy you're going to expect to be dominant for four or five years. But for the next year or two, he's playing at a Pro Bowl level. And unlike Sheldon Richardson, for instance, who you're hoping can play to his potential, just put on what Sue did last year. He's still playing 85% of the snaps. He's shutting down the run. He's He's drawing double teams. He's maybe not as good as he was four years ago, but he's still one of the best defensive tackles in the league. So I, I think he's going to get, I don't know, $12, $14 million a year, something like that. It only adds to the quizzical nature of Miami's offseason because you go out, you know, we've already talked about this. You get Robert Quinn, and then it, it, it puts you in a position to not even be able to really compete for Sue's salary. We've been hearing for weeks that he's a cut candidate. They've paid him $60 million over the past three years, and what do they have to show for it other than two seasons, totally a wash at sea, and a quick a trip to the playoffs that got neutralized in a hurry? Well, I mean, you bring this guy in. I like the free, This is why we get all jazzed up these couple weeks, free agency frenzy, call whatever you want. 80% of these deals lead to heartache. And I think it was always going to, even when it happened, the amount of money making him the highest paid player ever on defense, you knew it was a toss-up, whether it was going to work out. And we don't know, like, the whole story. It's not as simple as, well, they got Robert Quinn and that made them lose and Dominic Sue. Maybe they decided behind the scenes that Sue was not a fit in their locker room or whatever it was, uh, but the decision was made uh, to move on. And I think... I think $26 is not a fit. 
Well, that that's the cap hit, and it, and the salary was you know something over twenty and, and lower than that. I just don't know what what did you expect if you're the Miami Dolphins. To me, it was a fine signing. I don't think he excelled over the top of what they expected, but I think he gave about what you would expect. Really high-level play. On the field, he was the least of their problems. He was an asset. Paying Andre Branch $10 million to me is a bigger issue. Uh, I just don't see a plan. Like in a vacuum, I get this move. It it does kind of make sense. But when you're paying Robert Quinn, who's a far inferior player to me, $11 million, and you're not keeping Jarvis Landry, it's just kind of like the Dolphins seem like they're always making it up on the fly as they go along, changing their their mind on their direction. And it's just another one of those. I know we need to move on. One last thing, though. When you hear these reports, oh, oh, well, they're looking to clean up their locker room. And, and And Sue's name gets attached to that. We all get the on-field Thanksgiving Day, you know, Nadamik and Sue kicking quarterback X in the crotch. I, that's, we, that's not a good look, whatever. But at the same time, <laughs> like Nadamik and Sue behind the scenes has never really been whispered about as a guy who's a locker room problem. Am I wrong there? Is that the issue here with Miami's life? I think it's just you don't want to pay anyone this money. Here and there, maybe they don't think he's like a leader, which in a, in the perfect like first guy in the building, last guy, he misses some OTAs, stuff like that. But he was due $17 million this year. I'm just looking at the rest of their salaries, and it's like that's what Ryan Tannehill's making. Sue's earned that money as much as anyone. He's earned it as much as Andre Branch and Quinn. And- Does it ever work out when a team that doesn't have a, a surefire answer quarterback pays – uh, a player that's not a quarterback, quarterback money. It, it sometimes. I mean, I remember the Jets did it with Darrell sure. Revis uh, once upon a time. That didn't work out. Sue, so it's because even if he does play up to standards, if you got a glaring hole at the game's most important dis- position, is the you, you can't build average. around a defensive tackle or a cornerback. You're going to max out at right. seven to ten wins, and you're just going to move along, and then you got to make a move. Eventually. I mean, the bigger problem to me is they're signing Lawrence Timmons last year for six or seven million, Julius Thomas for six or seven million. Then you're getting very almost nothing on your return. And I think Sue, it, it'll be fascinating to see where he goes because, man, he could make a lot of teams better. The Eagles have been thrown out there as a possibility early. That seems like a long what shot. What did we hear on NFL Network That seems today? like a long shot to me in considering their salary cap. He said he'd play there for free. I heard the whisper that he was in a, in a joint practice was overheard. Right. A whisper. I would play for the Eagles for free. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they have room for him, but I guess any team could make room for in They would if he played for free. Uh, let's move on. And yeah, so let's touch on Mark Sessler's Cleveland Browns. Um, is there light? Is true light finally entering the picture? The 0-16 team that had stockpiled draft picks and payroll, uh, a salary cap space. Uh, now with John Dorsey, they are going for it. And we talked about uh, the move for Jarvis Landry. Uh, that was just the Browns getting going this weekend. They, on Friday, then traded for Tyrod Taylor. So let's start there. Um, bringing in Taylor, uh, sending back to the Bills uh, the 65th overall pick in the draft this year, which I believe is the first pick of the third round. That's correct. Yep. Uh, so they immediately uh, wash away Mark, the A.J. McCarron narrative, most likely. Who knows? Anything could happen. But it seems like Tyrod Taylor is now that guy, the bridge guy, and you still imagine there is the long-term quarterback to come, but Tyrod's the short-term guy. You like it? Well, I do because it tells me a couple things. They are dug in on on drafting a rookie, number one or number four. I don't think that's going to change. This is your one-year bridge guy where A.J. McCarron would have, you've had to have signed him for a a longer-term deal. And in with Tyrod Taylor, I feel like he's a more of a known entity. We know what he is. It's a, it's a signal to me that they are, for better or worse, digging in 
on Hugh Jackson, and they're digging in on, if you look at some of the defensive stuff they're doing, on Greg Williams. That could all be very hazardous, you know, seven or eight months from now. We'll find out. <laughs> but that's because it, I think they're the, the most, they're the people in the building that have the most to prove. But it, they're making moves, and, and Tyrod Taylor's, they have the money. Tyrod Taylor doesn't cost them a thing after next season. And Peter King had an interesting report that he said that when they went after Taylor, versus A.J. McCarron, that with all these moves they made, that other teams around the league were kind of stunned, he said, by some of the guys they wound up with because they were so all-in with agents and other people on other wide receivers, other quarterbacks, other cornerbacks, and other defenders. So it's like they're... They How do you really, interpret that? Well, he ba- King basically said that they essentially had already started to do free agency work, which you're not supposed to. I mean, you go read it, you can see it's like... So I think that they maybe are just... They're way more active behind the scenes than we... No one saw Friday coming. This is what's been happening to lead up to that. Well, the the third round pick is a little surprising for a guy who you would think is only there for one year. He's getting paid a good amount of money. Be surprised if it's more, wouldn't you? Depending on what happens. What that Tyrod Taylor staying longer than one season? I don't expect that to happen right. uh, in Cleveland because they're going to draft someone and that is going to be their guy. But they want to win games in 2018, and there's a. Decent chance Tyrod Taylor is a better option in September and October than those guys and can win you some games and trying to keep Hugh Jackson's job. I I did a QB index today where I ranked all the quarterbacks in the league. I had Tyrod 22. I mean, I don't think he's a bad starter at all. He has a very defined skill set for Hugh to use. He never throws interceptions. He's almost too careful. He's like Alex Smith and maybe even more so. He's a great running quarterback. He can throw the deep ball. It's like he's got some strengths. He's clearly got weaknesses, too. He's not going to put you over the top, but he makes them better. If they had Tyra Taylor last year, they would have won games. They would have won three or four okay. games. The the only fear, of course, and this should be said, Browns don't fall in love with Tyrod Taylor and not pick a quarterback in the first round. My only fear, would be as bizarre. somebody who's sick of the Browns being bad from a guy that covers football angle, just don't. Get I don't know cute how. Here. If you do that after all that you've done, and you and you've attached yourself, you've fallen in love in the next essentially five weeks with someone you can't even practice. Would you put with. anything past this? No, I, I would put that past yeah. them because I think that would be highly absurd to fall in love. I'm not with saying the quarterback I think it's going to for one year. I don't that's think it's going to happen, but I'm just that's ridiculous. It would be crazy. And and giving up, some people would say giving up a third round pick is a little crazy for a guy you're going to have one year. Maybe you get a compensatory pick back when when Taylor leaves, but I think this is John Dorsey maybe making a trade that he couldn't make if Sashi Brown didn't give him all those picks. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Sean Kaiser was drafted by the Browns in the second round last year, and he had what amounted to a doomed audition on an 0-16 team and now has been sent packing. He was traded on Friday to the Green Bay Packers, so they give up on their second-round pick after a year. They get back, though, uh, a cornerback, Demarius Randall, who was a first-round pick of the Packers three years ago. So ultimately, the Kaiser move did not work out for the Browns. He was not deemed to be a long-term answer, but they get back some value for him, and I guess it could well, be worse. They put him into one of the worst situations a rookie quarterback has been in a long time, and it's not even just on the field. Throwing him under the bus week after week, using him as a scapegoat for their ups and downs. I thought that was an atrocious job by the coaching staff. Secondly, I mean, they, they're bringing in Randall to play safety, which is a need. So either that works or it doesn't. You got something back for Kaiser. I'd be surprised you got anything back for him after what happened last year. But mm. he's, I guess you could look at him and say he has court. tools. He has tools. He could be a long-term backup. And sure. long-term backups get paid and have value in the NFL. He needs to develop. He did some... Good things, I thought. Randall was a guy who makes plays, who 
intercepts the ball, but gives up plays really up and down kind of career in, in Green Bay. I kind of like the move for both teams. They don't, they certainly don't need Deshaun Kaiser. And I think the Packers get, get a long-term backup potentially. Upgrade on Brett Hundley, who had his yeah. chance last year and just proved he is not a guy I you mean, can count on. I, we'll see if it's an upgrade. Kaiser threw some of the worst interceptions and many of yeah, them that you've seen. That said, it's, it's, another, been... it's another signal they're going quarterback in the top part of the draft. You don't get yes. rid of Kaiser. And Cody Kessler's gone too. Probably Kevin Hogan's going to be somewhere working at a CVS somewhere. Who knows? It is funny to think back to the end of the preseason last year when Kaiser, if you were, we loved him. If you were power ranking the rookie quarterbacks after the preseason last year, it was like Kaiser was number one. That was kind of the buzz. <laughs> Yes, I remember that. That was a long time ago. <laughs> the Browns also agreed to trade their 2015 first-round pick, Danny Shelton, to the Patriots, according to Rap Sheet. Uh, the Browns receive a third-round pick in the 2019 draft. The Browns also send a fifth-rounder uh, back to New England. Twelfth uh, overall pick, Mark, in the 2015 draft. Why did the Browns get out of this one? Well, two things. I think they were there's zero interest. in. The, again, it's digging in on their coaching staff. It does not a fit for Greg Williams. There was zero interest in going further down the road and picking up a fifth-year option for a guy that they say today doesn't fit. It's another example when you're Cleveland or a bad team that switches your your, de- your coordinators and your coaches every two years that ha- all they say, oh, Cleveland has none right. of their first-round picks from 2009, and outside of Alex Mack, it's because you continually pick players for previous schemes that don't fit, and they all get washed out. Shelton will probably he'll be, he, he fits in well with New England, and he does, he's a good run stuffer. They need, they need that guy. I yeah. love this trade as a, as a Patriots fan because he's got premier talent. He's graded out as, as a very good run stopper on pro football focus, and you just move down a couple rounds in, in a future draft basically to get him. You could see this working out pretty well for them long-term, Danny Shelton. Uh, it is. You're right about the coaching changes and all that, but it's pretty remarkable. 2009 to 2015, 10 First-round picks. Well, a lot of bad, but a lot of bad. It's picks a lot of miss. But that's, that's it's, awesome. you're right you know though. It's, that's it's, non, it's nonstop like piling on with Cleveland. But it's like it is organizational a lack of continuity. Right. Like, like that's why the Sue move for Adam Gase it makes sense. But he wasn't even there when they signed Sue. But it, it is the successive pain that you deal with if you keep making a change in the front office and the coaching staff every year. Or two, yeah. so you end up not getting great value. And a lot of the guys just can't play. If you look at the middle of the list, Trent Richardson, Brandon Weed, and Barkevius Mingo. Some incredible Gilbert, whips. Jammy, Johnny Manziel. Uh, maybe it's a new era, though, because we've had hope season in the offseason before at the Browns. But this feels a little different. I feel like but I was hanging out with you. Different. I was hanging out with you. I, I wasn't going crazy. No. We said that before, though. I know, but you know why it feels, feels a little different before? this time is they are making competitive moves that is, that's making the team better and you have one and four coming, and, and, and they, it's yes. a loaded draft That's, class. One and four is the reason I feel hope. I, and the two, two second-round picks. Right, too. but Dorsey, just like he has a reputation. He's got other people around him. You can't just burn the cap up in two off-seasons and suddenly you know, have a bunch of aging veterans on two-year deals. Right well, and just, right. You know, the tie, like the tie rod was a reminder that quarterbacks cost a lot, and they just cost so much. However low you think they're going to cost, it's going to be more than that, including in a trade. That was the one move where I think maybe the rest of the league looks at it as like, huh. Right. Like you're just kind of spending because you're just kind of, you know, I think Johnny so. Cowboy out there. It's going to the weekend uh, hot. All right. So that's what's going on on Brown's Corner. Let's now move to Richard Sherman. Oh, we already have a sandwich uh, prop decided, ladies and oh, gentlemen. Yeah. Um, that was a mistake. Richard Sherman. 
signs with the San Francisco 49ers, a three-year, $39 million deal. But I don't even know why you put these contract terms in the in the headline anymore. <laughs> it's just getting so ridiculous at this point uh, because Sherman, um, it's it's filled with incentives, and, and the fact of the matter is that Sherman um, is really only guaranteed $3 million fully, so you're going to win the sandwich uh, with that uh, as well, Greg. But um, Sherman wanted to stay, obviously, close to home. He wanted to stay in the NFC West. He said, I think, in an interview with Peter King that he wanted vengeance or something of that yes. nature against the Seahawks. Saucy. Saucy. Um, so here he is, a member of the 49ers. You like the move, Greg? I know right when we were talking about this on Friday, you uh, you immediately popped in with the Niners, and that was a good prognostication. I think it had been thrown out there by one of our, uh, was, our insiders. Well, I think Wesling also had it at the top of his list of landing spots. Oh, you for, call for, him for, look at that. You call him Wesling now? Chris Wesling? Not Chris, not Wes. Not, yeah, it's not so a I mean, I'll, It's Wes. not cold. I'll... I'll I'll go in Although, any direction. I found guys having a checkup today. Going in you, any direction. Wes. Dan wrestling. wasn't there the night that we went out with the five Wesling brothers. But did you have any issue like calling Wes Wes in front of all? Because like, I was like, well, aren't you Chris. all Wes? So it's a little confusing. Yeah, I think they probably viewed it as a tad clumsy on our part. I, I, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> oh, because I, in real time, when the, the one brother was there earlier, um, Nick, not Nick, it was uh, Phil was there Jeff, first? Harry, Billy. <laughs> Got a lot of brothers. <laughs> they are they are listening right now. One of the Wesley and they brothers. They're like there is no Jeff Harrier. Give um, me a break. Uh, was with us and we were walking. Diedrich. Diedrich. Diedrich Wesling was walking to uh, Lucas Oil Stadium to record the podcast, and I did feel it in my bones, and I was calling Wes Chris, which I very rarely do, for that very reason. Back to we, we have Sherman. backed ourselves into a tough corner. Back to Richard Sherman. So, yes, he ends up there. And I want to point one other thing out uh, in our sandwich prop um, podcast, Go Get My Lunch. I did throw out my one concern with that prop about how much guaranteed money he gets is Richard Sherman representing himself. And we were like, well, so-and-so did great. Uh, Elvis Dumerville or whoever it was. Okung. Okung did very well for himself. Well, Ben Volin who does a great job for Boston Globe, wrote a withering takedown of Richard Sherman, uh, basically, in his uh, opinion, getting taken to the cleaners by the 49ers, who took a guy that had very little experience in the realm of negotiation and made him think he had no leverage, even though he had leverage, and signed them to a sweetheart of a deal. So the 49ers come out of this uh, flying because not only do they get a hyper motivated future Hall of Famer potentially, you also get a guy that's not going to cost you much and you could get out pretty much at any time uh, after this first season. Well, if he plays 90% of the snaps and makes the Pro Bowl, which is a lot for it's a, a lot. It's all pro. All pro. That was our original reporting, but it all was, pro. All right, it was that's, corrected that, that, elsewhere. To me, that changes things a lot because Pro Bowl, all sorts of people waltzing into the Pro Bowl. He would make it 11 a million at that point. He called up John Schneider after, and Schneider said the incentives in the deal you signed are too rich. Uh, McKenzie in Oakland said he didn't want the deal based on what he had seen with the, what the 49ers put together. And Matt Patricia in Detroit also agreed not to. Mm. They didn't want it. So they viewed the overall package as too rich. It's a, it's a bet on me deal for both the 49ers and Richard. Well, Trump. he has to stay healthy. It, it's ultimately, if he's healthy enough to pass a physical to start camp, it can be a one-year, $7 million contract. And I think that's a great move for the 49ers, no matter what happens. There's a chance that he is still a very, very good starting cornerback. And even if he's just solid, I think he's exactly the type of guy you want 
in a young secondary with some players that he can help teach. I mean, he's one of the smartest guys out there. He's gonna he's been around winning programs. He's the kind of guy that like sets a standard for the guys around him. With all that said, I saw that note that he has to be healthy by the start of training camp to even make sure he gets that seven million. And I, I don't I don't know from where we're sitting if that's even guaranteed. So that's why when they say only three million is fully guaranteed, I don't know if any other team out there was really gonna give any better it sounds like a, as peter king reported the answer is they were no. not what is this saucier than revis going to the patriots in terms of two fan bases who are you know against each other i mean niners fans galvanized to hate richard sherman is it hard to suddenly switch and root for him mm. in this situation i think that's it's it's a little tough on a fan base to suddenly treat him you know roger clemens like on the yankees like this is the greatest thing that ever happened i i loved seeing seahawks twitter Say all like all last week. Just you realize what an important person Sherman of all the people on the Seahawks team this decade. It's like Seahawks Twitter was just writing love letters and just saying what an important you and you realize what an important guy this guy has been in the history of their franchise and the play that he made against the Forty ers maybe the play in Seahawks history. The breakup that he had in the NFC Championship. So I think it's easy. I think it's easy enough for Seahawks fans to say goodbye because the Forty ers they're not they're not winning the Super Bowl this year. Maybe, I mean, I don't, oh, I don't know. They are. Who knows what they're gonna do? I mean, I think the Seahawks fans get it that it was time in, in Achilles surgery, whereas yeah. Darrell Revis. I mean, others are burning his top of the game. Darrell Rivas was still at the top of the game and he helped them win a suit. I mean, also by the end, I don't know when you were monitoring Seahawks adoration for Richard Sherman. By the end of the weekend, Richard Sherman was having to address on Twitter, take a step back, Seahawks fans. I've been done all this for you. This isn't my fault. They didn't want to pay me. They let me go. And if you're a 49ers fan, it's any sport it carries across. You mentioned Roger Clemens, but as long as you produce... Like, you quickly forget about yeah. where the guy used to be. <laughs> oh, 49ers yeah. fans can't yeah. complain. I mean, they've won how many games over the last couple of years? Like, they should just be happy to be to be getting better. And I think we can guarantee. Are we – Are we? I would like to put a sandwich prop on Seahawks, 49ers, Thursday night football. At no, I think this so. Week. There's no way that's not happening. They might just make them play 16 times this year. <laughs> I mean, that would be counterproductive. But not always the best decisions made by the schedule makers. Eh, no shots fired. Perhaps shots. It's, a, it's impossible. I, an accurate shot. It's impossible. What you're saying? The Bears five times last year was <laughs> like in the first four weeks wasn't great. Uh, so Greg, you owe me a sandwich. I and do. West as well. Mark wisely stayed away from the Richard Sherman signs within three weeks. I'll I'll end up even players. on the Richard Sherman front because he will not get in the top five of guaranteed money. No, he will not. So that'll even out. But yeah, you got us. Uh, speaking of uh, free agency, and in this case, a, a deal that did not work out. Sean Smith. And the Raiders are parting ways. That's an understatement. Uh, Not working out. The team uh, released the cornerback, according to Rap Sheet, uh, cutting uh, $8.5 million off the books. He's turning 31 in July, signed a four-year, $40 million deal two off-seasons ago, $20 million guaranteed. And he got benched a bunch of times, never thrived in Oakland. Just a, a terrible signing. And on top of it, uh, bad uh, 2018, not a great year for Sean Smith, breaking news. Uh, he Not only is he out of work, he'll probably be heading uh, to jail, reportedly uh, connected to a felony assault for um, uh, involvement in a uh, incident, uh, a violence incident. So Sean Smith out of work, and the Raiders are moving on. They signed Sean Smith and David Amerson to two huge contracts right as that team was kind of on the way up. 
And that though in Amerson it was cut earlier this offseason. Though that proved to be a very costly gambit by the Raiders. If you look at what Reggie McKenzie has done in that secondary over really the whole time he's been there, it's been a disaster. You used a first round pick on DJ Hayden. You paid huge money to these two guys, and that's been their worst position group for a while. That's why I like I don't mean to constantly rain on free agency, but we we get into this human trap where reporters on down we really have this ultra like magnetism to these active teams when history tells you if you go back and you want it's like looking at the draft from 5 years ago where you can look at a team and say they've really put themselves over the top more not or you put yourself into cap chaos by signing a, a deal that's going to wind up being an utter dud like this one did it's usually the teams like the eagles and any other team that go rises up it's those under the radar deals that Really build the, the mid level drills. Yeah, it's I mean, really at the ultimate right. that you got to build a team through the draft, and then you supplement it typically with these sneaky good deals. Jag, Jags did a nice job at the top of free agency last year. That's true, but that was Except that was rare. That proves the rule, that was, though. That was right. rare. Uh, moving on, Adrian Peterson, uh, he will be playing elsewhere uh, next season. Uh, Adam Schefter reported uh, that the team will release uh, the Cardinals will release Peterson. Um, and he will be a free agent uh, when the period opens up. He averaged three and a half yards per carried per carry for the Cardinals in limited action. Had a couple nice games uh, with them, but overall, again, looked like a 31, 32 year old running back. Uh, so he will hit the market again. Last year, of course, he was on the market. Ended up with the Saints, and that didn't work out. Uh, Mark, I don't imagine Peterson's going to have a large market and might have to take uh, a sweetheart of a deal for a team to stay in the league. It's funny because when he when he first got to Arizona and it was, oh, listen, now he's finally, he's here, he's motivated, and he blasted the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he looked like the Adrian Peterson that we spent offseason wondering, could, would we get that guy? So I don't doubt his ability, but I really do question after what happened last season in, in New Orleans especially that if he isn't put into a fit where he feels like he is – the alpha male starting running back, who are you going to get? Because I don't know what team is going to go into next season saying Adrian Peterson is anything but a, a guy that has a chance to compete for a job. Not to team. mention he's coming off um, a neck injury that ended his season prematurely. He says it's completely healed, but that's another question mark, you would think, for, a, again, a guy that's been in the league now for a decade, a running back, they don't last that much longer. Well, he's not a factor really on third downs and – He's not a special teams guy. So then you kind of have to be the starter for that, for it to make sense. You're right. He'll get offers, but it's kind of up to him. Does he want to try to go make a team? And I, I don't blame him for trying. I think he loves football more than any anything else he'll, he'll ever do. He's one of the greatest running backs to ever do it. In my mind, he's got to be a first ballot Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. No, but, but he might still be one of those guys that gets 50 more carries this year, and it's kind of depressed. Uh, to Mark's point, uh, <laughs> yeah. to Mark's point, again, and this is interesting, all these names are popping up again because it, it feels like just yesterday they were major players in free agency. Dominique rogers Camardi was a major acquisition by the Giants a few years ago. Uh, and uh, now they wanted to take a pay cut or get cut. And DRC says, I'm gone. So the Giants on Sunday released the veteran cornerback. He confirmed that on social media. So DRC hits the market again, uh, 31 years old. And uh, what kind of market does he have at this stage? Probably will get a deal, but his big money earning days are probably over. We threw him at the back end of the top 101. It was a really good signing for the Giants. He gave him four 
really good years overall. Was he there that, that long? What? Yeah, he was there for four years. Remember, we were at the Super Bowl, and Dominique Rogers cromartie threatened to retire while he was a member of the Broncos. Do you guys remember this? That was like the story on media night of 2014. I, I, I believe. That's, uh, and now he's played another four years at a pretty yeah. high level. So That was so forgettable that I, it doesn't even ring a bell, and I was there. Do we want to hear something called a little bit of real breaking news? Uh-oh. What do you got? Our very own Tom Pelissero just said on NFL Network, the Vikings have made a call on none other than Drew Brees, per league sources. Their plan going into the day <laughs> right. was to engage agents for all their quarterback options. Oh, uh, I wish Wes Freeze, was here. technically available. No <laughs> stoned unturned, according to Tom Pelissero. I'm so angry. I love it. I'm so angry I didn't put a sandwich on uh, some team, at least, negotiating with Drew Brees. Hey, he's probably not going to leave New Orleans. But if you're the Vikings, why don't you make the, the Saints pay full price? Why don't you just say, here, we'll pay you $60 million over the next two years. Wouldn't you be happy if you're the Vikings to do that over Case Keenum or anything like that? 60 over the next two years. Uh, Even understanding, hey, you you have 24 hours to take this. We get it. If It's Brett Favre all over again. You would get it if you don't want to, but we're going to have to move on otherwise. And if nothing else, you just force the Saints to pay that money. And on top of it, well, that's right, and that's a major competitor in the NFC. Ian Rappaport mentioned that there are multiple teams inquiring about Drew Brees. Who's Ian Rappaport? He is our NFL Network insider and a friend of the show, as of very recently. Thank you. Sorry. Is there something going on between you and Ian we don't know about? No, I just, you you said the the person's name, but there was no (laughs) title. I feel he's like ultra famous at this point. Oh, okay. But his, his title I love is now, this, but his title it's is in now his contract. No, I love this. contract, you have to say. Well, that helps the Jets if you're a Jets fan. As you know, uh, Lindsay, I had my premonition yep. uh, that Kirk Cousins signed with the Jets, and I hugged him, and I embraced him, and I said, everything's going to be okay. Welcome to the team. I wish you well. <laughs> and uh, what I think uh, is that, you know when Jerry Maguire, I'm going to cite a 22-year-old movie now. You know when Jerry Maguire, when they are at, this isn't a premonition, but when they were at, um, I think it was like the draft or something, and Rod Tidwell does the lap with Jerry Maguire, and then Cush's uh, father gets angry at Jerry for, oh, well, you walk around the lobby uh, uh, with the black fella is how he, he <laughs> okay. said it. And, uh, and Cush signed with Jay Moore instead of Jerry Maguire. Now. Who's Cush? Cush. What? Greg, you were born age 32. I've seen the movie. How do you not know who Cush is? Cush is Jerry o- O'Connell, the quarterback okay, that Jerry uh, Maguire put I saw all it in the, the theater. In the I loved it. I don't know if I've seen it since then. Okay. My point is, long story short, is that I like Kirk Cousins seeing what the Vikings are doing here and being like, oh, they're not all in on me. I'm sick of being overlooked. I was overlooked for years in Washington. I want to go to the team that truly loves me and has all the dollars. The Jets have now have more cap room than anybody, including the Browns. I like it all. I like this. And you've got to see Jerry Maguire again. It's a great sports Wait, so movie. So it breeds is Jerry O'Connell? Who's in this? Cush? <laughs> okay. Cush is Kirk Cousins. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. And Breeze is... Rod Tidwell. Right. I, I, I like that comparison because if I'm the Vikings, Kirk Cousins is great and all. Let's be real. Drew Brees is better. 
And I know he's getting up there in years, and he's been in Sean Payton's offense. But think about how well he played in that Panthers playoff game. Think about him coming back from 17 down in Minnesota. He's still playing like a top-five quarterback. He's a first-ballot Hall of Famer. Kirk Cousins is nice. I'll take Drew Brees. Kirk Cousins will be a second-ballot Hall of Famer uh, (laughs) once his Jets career takes off. But uh, we'll see how it all plays out. Good breaking news, Mark. No problem. Right, Anytime seeing, I can help. You see how breaking news really works. We're a, we're a team around here. I, I really liked all the news that Mark is breaking today, not just on this show, <laughs> but if you check out the Roto World headlines page, it's all about Mark Sessler's Twitter. I, I mean, the essentially, I, I appreciate them putting my name out there into the – I am essentially watching NFL Network and tweeting what, stuff that say. other reporters have reported. So, hey. I mean, it feels a little a little trashy on my part to take any – But how many of the Roto World readers are even understanding that sort I, of that, nuance? They're just like, wow, this Sessler guy. That's where I can get on board. All day. I can get on board with how most readership operates. Uh, moving on, the Chargers and cornerback Casey Hayward – uh, reach agreement on a three-year extension. Three years, $36 million, according to Rap Sheet. $20 million fully guaranteed. Uh, signed with the Chargers as a free agent in 2016 after spending his first four years with the Packers. He's been to the Pro Bowl twice. Been named second-team All-Pro twice. Greg, I know you love your Chargers. Got to keep that guy in the building. This is one of the examples of you can that a star player can be found in free agency sometimes. I think the perfect candidates for our guys coming off their rookie contracts who've shown some talent like Hayward did in Green Bay. It gets back to me of like what what is the Packers what have the Packers been doing, especially Dom Capers on defense here the last four or five years? It's like you let this he didn't this guy didn't even work in Green Bay and now he's one Def of the best Dom. he's one of the best cornerbacks in the league with the Chargers. One more little tiny dose of <gasps> breaking news. Yeah. Yeah, makes me feel Multiple reports out there suggesting, well, this is happening. The Bengals, who need a left tackle, they are trading for Cordy Glenn of the Bills for an undisclosed draft pick. Multiple reports out there have this happening, Dan. Not our, not our report. Not our That's people, why I, 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 I go with multiple. Not. By the way, well, I'm not because if this is wrong, I, we're going to have this by the time the show ends. We can't keep you're getting kinda, off behind. Josina Anderson. We should give Josina Anderson credit. She broke it. It's been confirmed after she broke it. Along with Catherine Terrell, their beat reporter Mark, you're for in the Bengals. So dangerous waters, right? I don't feel dangerous. You know, I, Adam Kaplan. I always it. triple source. It's I, I got three he, people he right said there. It. Yeah, Albert Breer tweeted. And one of my sources is always someone internal. It's this thing's picking up steam. You're hanging your shingle out in a big spot here. I, up, I have former internals. I think it's safe to say someone <laughs> internal will probably report it in the next four minutes. Let's let's bet. So on. for That's four minutes, that shingles. Here's out. how it is: if we were down on the desk, big old hanging shingles. I would like. I'd start writing. I would have written started writing this thing five minutes ago, so that by the time our guys get it, it's up on the site. The Bills are are slap their name on it. Are rebuilding. I mean, this is their left tackle. They gave a ton of money Bills for. Are. They don't. The Bills gave up a ton of money to Cordy Glenn. He's been injured, but when he's healthy, he's a premier left tackle. They give up Tyrod Taylor. I'm sure they're going to find another quarterback, but for now, they just don't have anyone. They don't have a left tackle. They're in an interesting spot where they finally did make the playoffs, but they are still kind of rebuilding for Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean's image. Oh, and I meant to say before, might as well say it now since we're talking about the Bills again. You know, after all that withholding of love and um, just not treating Tyrod Taylor the way he deserved, the one last kick in the pants, I know everybody's, it's it's Brown's optimism season. 
They trade him to an 0-16 team that's going to take a quarterback. It's not Brown's place. optimism season on your Twitter feed because I have noticed these little what little, these little arrows shot their way every time. Of course, I'm not happens. optimistic. I'm I'm one of the only people think, that never does. Never I don't think anyone. In. Listen, I mean, where where how many places? How many places could Tyrod Taylor go where he would be seen as the unquestioned starter? I just wish he nah, Browns, had a chance. Maybe the, Jet, the Jets could have been a team that could have gone in that direction. I the Browns are paying him a lot of money. Yeah, he'll be fine. He, they, they decided to pay this salary. That, I'm just saying everybody, everybody now assumes now it's great to be on the Browns. I don't think – well, how about let's be smart yeah. and not make that assumption. I mean, who, well, this is what we tried to do last year, and it was an right. utter failed job. So let's not fall down I the same wormhole again. I just the Bills – you know, where, did, let him where go. would you like him to? What would you like have I, them do? I would have liked the Bills to just set Tyrod free. Do you think he would have made sixteen million this year if well, they, they wouldn't? They did him? pick up a third round pick, which I would That's not have guessed. signed. I don't. Know. I mean, they got a. They the Bills have to think about themselves as well. Like they, a nice, they like, got a Cardinals, pick in return. Arizona Cardinals panic move. Give him like twenty million guaranteed over three years. This Cordy Glenn. This Cordy know. Glenn move is is a big move though for the Bengals. I mean, they get a premier left tackle, which was their worst and they position. Andy yeah. Dalton's flying tonight. Is he though? <laughs> yeah, Andy Dalton doesn't fly. He's like you know maybe a light sprint. He's getting a hop. He's getting dessert at Applebee's. He's like getting the extra. He's like oh, I'm gonna treat myself, honey. We're putting hot fudge on the Sunday tonight. Finally, in the news. Terry uh, Johnson, the Sean McDonough, that was the voice of Sean McDonough, his call of the Derek Johnson uh, not touchdown in the playoffs. And it is um, sad because that probably is the most memorable uh, aspect of Sean McDonough's Monday Night Football career on ESPN. It is now over. uh, First reported, I believe, by the New York Post uh, that McDonough will not be back in the booth and has been swapped out uh, with Joe Tessitore. Joe, Joe Tessitore, uh, who is the number two college guy for ESPN. So they're essentially uh, flipping spots. So McDonough, and we talked about, remember in our uh, Don Henley forgiveness podcast, uh, which multiple listeners corrected me, the actual name of that song is Heart of the Matter. Yes. Uh, not that I knew at the time either, but, you're, but it's true. Forgiveness, Greg, is in the, in the chorus. But I- Heart of the Matter is the name of the song. Okay. Well, I had nothing. Don't you think you? I had the heart of the matter. By you were the one that had to forgive Sean McDonough, I believe, because I didn't. I always tried to defend him in his performance. Right. What I, What I did in the uh, the forgiveness podcast was say I forgive, I forgive you, Sean, for t- replacing Tarico, which was never your fault in the first place, uh, and I hope you get a chance at a fresh start. But that's not going to happen. So McDonough's out, and Monday Night Football uh, is going to have Tessitore. You got any anything to say about that? A nice Italian American, Mark. Any stereotypes you want to throw out? Or no, Tessitore, very versatile. Uh, according to the people that work with him, it does boxing, horse racing, college football, uh, now pro football. I mean, I, I I I had to look him up when I. It's not someone that stuck out in my mind. The one notable is that it sounds like Peyton Manning will definitely not be going to Monday Night Football. Right, they Manning is a lot of uh, networks are lining up to give this guy ten million a year. Manning and uh, ESPN. it's been reported that he was their target. He was the guy, we want our Tony Romo, you're you're Peyton Manning. uh, There it is. It's now confirmed, Mark. Your shingle no longer hanging out. Cordy Glenn 
uh, with Rap Sheet. We are watching NFL Network, and Rap Sheet is currently discussing it. Felt Shingles com- back felt in. comfortable all along about this. Well, there's pretty Shingles in. A pretty significant, <laughs> a very significant update in terms of the details of the trade, which is that the Bills and the Bengals are swapping first round picks. Whoa. The Bills so, have 21 and 22, I believe. So what are the what first were round. the Bengals at? The Bills are now moving up. It's believed that they want to draft a quarterback. We are we'll, we'll update it in real time, but they're obviously moving up in the draft cuz the Bengals had a, a worse record. Very interesting. Uh back to Monday night football. Yeah, so Manning uh reportedly does not want to work on the weekends, so he will not take the job. And uh, so we'll see who Why would you? Tessatore or Tessator uh, is paired with my my only go. thing with all this Monday night football stuff is you you always hear there's been a lot of changes and you'll hear this a lot at ESPN that Monday night football is the premier you know most historic place that there is in football broadcasting it's the pinnacle and that's just not well, true. it's not anymore it's not the, it's not true anymore but you hear this all the time right. uh, with the press releases and everything and I think the the changeover in the last few years at ESPN, it's just, it's not that anymore. That ended to me when ABC no longer carried it. And Sunday night football is the premier That's place. The and Thursday night is is ultimately a better spot too. And Monday night football is great. I'm just saying it. it's not, people are always trying to connect it with the old Monday night football. It's, it's just hey, different. It's, it's not different. special that way. To circle back, the, Bengal, or the Bengals had the number 12th pick in the draft. So the Bills now get that. They are absolutely zeroing in on their quarterback. I like what they're doing. They are being super aggressive to get whoever it is they're after. It really reminds me of the Eagles trading Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso to Miami to move up in that year's draft well before the draft happened, and that move helped set up their move up for Carson Wentz. That's right. Um, One last note. I'm going to do my power rankings for Pinnacle for broadcasting in the NFL. Number one, Sunday Night Football. Biggest audience, biggest Currently, stage, absolutely. biggest games. Number two and three, you could whatever you think right now is the hotter conference, maybe the one that has Tom Brady in it, but the CBS number one team and the Fox number one team. Two and three, put them in the order you want. Four, Monday Night Football. And then I'll put Thursday Night Football at five. Or eight. I, I agree with your top, your top three, but I, w- I would flip. I'm, I'm just saying there might be three empty spots before TNF. Oh, I see. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, this was Mark's last podcast for NFL. Well, all right. How about this? Improve. More people are watching on Thursday nights. By, by so you think, I know I needed okay. Colts, Broncos in like mid-December. That, uh, that I'm just saying. You're not getting an argument from me. Huh? There are more people watching on Thursday nights on broadcast television than there will be on Monday Night Football. That's just a fact. It's a, a significant well, amount. Where it's the number two Concerning. show, really. So I would put that ahead. But I agree that the Sunday the Sunday afternoons are ultimately uh, a bigger spot than either of those. I mean, Money time. how many people are loving themselves some Tony What Ross about 10 a.m. Uh, West Coast time, Florham Park, New York? <laughs> That's as hot as it gets. It's as hot as it gets, baby. What about the Hall of Fame game? In August. Well, it's so important that two years ago it was canceled and no one remembers that. Uh, all right. We will be back on Wednesday. Do not get um, your shingle in a bundle when the show doesn't go up when you expect it on Wednesday. We're going to wait a little longer in the day. I don't really know what a shingle is, but you, you like, can assume what I think I think it sounds is. Sounds a little gross. Like, wait, like shingles, the 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 disease that Terry Bradshaw advertises no, cure for? Don't get that in a bundle. No, it's like I, I've, I've been, you know... Uh, watching out for my family since I was hanging out my shingle. 
I've heard that. Anybody know hanging out my shingle? I mean, that sounds like you. <laughs> I have no idea what that would mean. Maybe you live in some sort of like a hanging young person's flop house when shingle. you have no money. All, all I'm thinking is that uncomfortable 60-second ad that Terry Bradshaw has talking about how painful it is living with shingles. And I don't know. I don't get scared at much, but I, I've had some nightmares about shingles. They're coming after me because <laughs> they don't do the 30-second spot. I swear it's like a 90-second spot with Terry Bradshaw yelling at you about shingles. By the way, the hang out a shingle is to open a business. <laughs> so it's not really being used properly. It's absurd. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> you hung out your shingle, though. <laughs> Did I open a business? I'm just continuing. To, yeah, the news breaking business, to, just baby. Continue to mine have, uh, through the workday. Might have opened a kimono. Um, we'll be back. So yeah, what I was saying was later we're going to put up the show later on Wednesday because we want to get some of that good free agency goodness when the window opens at 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so look for the podcast though on Wednesday and then another one on Friday. Uh, this is money time in the NFL, and that's fun to talk about. Uh, that's it for today's show. Dan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm. The old boss has got to catch up with Jerry Maguire. Nice film. Is it a sports flick or a chick flick? I don't know. Till Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.